Well, hello, sweetie darlings. This is Burning Tarot, and I'm T. Now, I haven't been doing very consistent readings in the last month. Five weeks, six weeks, I don't even know yet. Um, I've been pretty depleted. I've been fairly low. I have made a few people wait to get their readings. I do seem to be perking back up. The woo is speaking to me. And I am happy to take your orders for readings at this point. And I'm happy to check in with our collective podcast readings again. I had an interesting question from a friend of mine who, I don't know if she listens to this. Maybe I'll have her listen to this particular one. Uh, She's been learning tarot, and I've been doing tarot and learning tarot for many years. And um, I asked if... uh, she mentioned needing a reading, and I said, well, I need one too. Let's do an exchange. And I described my m- method that I'm currently using mostly for readings, which is I pull the cards without the person being there with me. I do the reading just like I'm doing this one right now, wandering around in the woods, holding on to my phone, chatting with it, and looking at a card or In the case of a reading, there might be 11 cards. Um, And so it's kind of a channeling process. This improvised nature really leaves a lot of room open for the woo or the intuition or whoever it is to speak to me, with me, through me. And I find that... uh, doing a reading this way has become preferable to doing a normal reading where you sit down with somebody and and really sometimes the cards are an excuse to talk and go back and forth. So what I do now is I have that first channeled reading without the other person's energy there with me. And it goes a lot uh, It goes a lot more smoothly. I am able to just respond to the cards and the woo. And then oftentimes, there'll be a follow-up session. And that's on my uh, online store. I I can't remember what it's called. You know, in-depth follow-up something or other. It's conversational. So you get the reading without uh, without having the querent, the client. That's, That's you, the person being read for read too, without your vibe or even your protestations, perhaps, your resistance to something that the cards are bringing forth, that I'm bringing forth, you know, none of that stuff is in the way. And I can have my nice blather, and you can keep the MP3 for years to come and go back and learn from it again. I am very happy to hear that some of you do approach the readings that way. And, uh, or at least months and weeks later. I've only been doing the readings this way since, you know, 2020 and Burning Tarot, the podcast. Uh, But I found that astrological readings that I have received, um, particularly from April Shaley, whose work I really like, um, I have learned a lot by being able to go back and listen to it again. So for me, that's useful. Um, And why am I going into all this? I'm going into all this because my friend that I said, hey, let's exchange readings. And why don't you try my way of doing reading? 
she texted me back and said, well, how do you catch the vibe? So how do you get into the vibe that would let you be open as a reader and or channel when you're not sitting down with somebody, when they're not breathing with you? Uh, When I used to do a lot more conversational style readings over the phone, um, they would be, you know, we'd schedule things sometimes with people in many, you know, time zones away. So the, the scheduling is a big pain in the butt. And then you arrange a certain time. And I, I like being able to talk to people. We breathe typically, go through sort of a breathing exercise maybe. We connect and then do the reading almost as though they're in the room. And again, that results in a conversational effect. Wonderful thing. I like conversations, but I get too distracted by them. If the querent strenuously objects, or if I'm worried too much about whether the querent is liking their experience or agrees with what I say, you know, even if I'm just reading their facial expressions, I I feel like, you know, I, I used to be an actor, so I'm really susceptible to, um, to that kind of feedback and I'll just direct the reading just how that querent seems to like it if they're right in front of me giving me feedback well that's not necessarily great for the reading or the querent right that's just me performing for you rather than me channeling whatever the woo really wants you to hear so I decided today that rather than draw a card that's sort of generically about this week for our little handful of Burning Tarot listeners, I would draw a card about about my friend's texted question, about how do we catch the vibe, how do we get into the vibe where we can receive messages from the great woo, from the whatever, from our inner this and that. Put whatever names you want on these things. How do we get ourselves into that place where we can be the open channel and feel safe about it, receive information, and then transmit that information to somebody else in appropriate cases? It was a fun question to be able to approach the tarot itself with. So our card today is about how can we, the small handful of burning tarot folks, approach getting in the vibe, maybe in general, but certainly for now, for December 2020, which is honestly just a rough time for many of us, and I will say including me. Um, I have some loved ones who have COVID right now, and the combination of worry about them and, you know, sheer annoyance at some of the ways they've chosen to deal or not deal with having COVID or spreading it. Uh, I'm really right there at the, right there in my emotional shit. And most people I talk to are at some level of low. My family's canceling our usual Christmas plans with the rest of our family. This is not a fun thing to tell your children, you know. So it's just going around. Even people who aren't dying or desperate of poverty 
are having a tough time. So this card, this card today is for all of us, not just those of us who are readers, who are tarot folks or mediums or channels, but all of us have something, have an inner voice, have an intuition. All of us have some kind of connection to an inexplicable chain of ancestors that we're part of, whether or not we want to be. And oftentimes we don't wish to be. But hey, there's, there's something to that biologically, and there's definitely something to that in the woo. We're connected to that. We're connected to our larger earth. So it kind of speaks to and through us as well. You could name various gods, goddesses, spirits. You could name the fire salamanders here. You could say Zeus. Whatever, man. The goddess. The thing is, even those of us who aren't like active super woo every day are receiving information from places that we don't understand. Because we're kind of in this materialist scientific worldview that just isn't very good at that, so it doesn't give us much to work with. It's good at certain things, very good at those things. The woo, mm, not so much. So my friend's question about how you turn into the tune into the vibe, turn into the vibe. For those of us who want to tune into our vibe, even just to remind ourselves, like, I have other resources for getting through this tough time. It's not just um, numbing myself out with alcohol, drugs, Netflix, name your thing here. It's not just uh, relying on my therapist and my friends and my partner if I'm lucky enough to have those things in my life. Um, It's not just scraping through it. I also have other resources, the invisible, the nature, the woo, the chain of invisible ancestors, all that weird stuff is actually part of our support system. And again, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty out there. It's hard to talk about without seeming weird. But it's there for us. So what I'm asking the card today, the cards, is how can we best open our hearts and minds, our eyeballs, all of our various senses, our sixth sense? How can we open all of those things to the support and the messages that might be ready to talk to us or through us from the woo. How are we going to get there at this time? At this time, according to the Morgan Greer deck that I pulled from, freshly cleansed. Are you supposed to cleanse your tools during an eclipse? I don't know, but I did it anyway last night. Um, So I'm dusting some salt off of this card here. We, we drew the Four of Cups. Now, the Four of Cups in some other decks that people use more often, um, I've described it here on this podcast as like a bratty teenager <laughs> or like a 12-year-old going, eh, mom, and sort of ignoring what is good and rich around them in order to pout. Meanwhile, God... You can use that word or some other word. 
We'll say, the hand of God is reaching down, holding out a chalice, a cup, to the bratty teen. In the Morgan Greer deck, the look is more contemplative. The feel is less, uh, makes me less likely to kind of blame the bratty teenager. And we all have a bratty teenager inside us. Or is that just me? I really have quite a strong one. I have a very, like, geeky, argumentative 15-year-old boy as one of my major sort of self-characters in there. Um, But this particular painting makes it all seem a little softer. It's perhaps a youth of indeterminate sex, gender, age. And they are coming out of the ivy in this version this painting and the Morgan Greer deck. They appear to have dark hair. The sky is yellow behind them with puffs of white cloud. There's ivy everywhere. And their head is kind of poking out through the ivy. They're in profile. In the foreground of the card, there are three golden goblets, cups, chalices. They look to be full, maybe, of water. They don't look like wine. I guess they could be white wine. And then opposite our beleafed character are some broiling amber clouds and um, a Caucasian-looking hand is bringing out a goblet from the cloud. So we have this hand of God, but in this card... It's at the same level as the human. The human is sort of magically emerging from the ivy, which is very appropriate for this time of year. This is solstice. This is yuletide. And it seems really fucking dark in a lot of ways. But what actually happens at solstice is it's time for, you know, some would say the green man or the, the holly figure. That kind of, the figure that rules this time of year from midsummer to midwinter, it's time for them to pass the crown. And there's, you know, every culture has their own version of this story. But you could say it's, it's time to pass it to the goddess of light. And very slowly, starting on December 21st of this year, where there is a giant astrological, all kinds of stuff going on. Wow. Very slowly, the days begin to lighten. And it's the time of year of the Yule log and the holly and the ivy. These are, these are old pagan things, pagan and folk traditions that have made their way into, you know, Christmas songs, the holly and the ivy, you know. Um, so the ivy here, in, in the right climate, you know, and the, and the kind of uh, British Isles kind of tradition that a lot of this uh, tarot imagery follows, the ivy would be an evergreen at this time of year. 
the ivy would still be visible. The ivy is powerful. It can tear things down. It can tear down the beautiful buildings of stone that it makes more beautiful while it's destroying. And a, a creature of the ivy emerging from the ivy could be seen as as getting ready as softening and warming and being ready to poke their head out of kind of the safety of darkness and and this character in this card looks like they're they're really close to being ready to reach out and accept the cup the cup from the gods so if we are wanting to receive messages, information, support, or just plain vibe from our various gods, goddesses, thingamajigs, holy guardian angels, our own heart of hearts, however we like to think of that, inner, outer, collective. If we think we're starting to get ready, I think this card says, yeah, it's okay. You can be brave now. Three cups of goodness. Three cups of emotional wellness and stability and nutrition. Three cups of experience are already before us. We've already got those. They're already tucked in the IV. That fourth cup We're getting ready to grab that one, too. But let's appreciate what the three cups have already brought to us. What have we learned? What do we know? Do we feel safe enough to allow our emotional selves a little rain? Not R-A-I-N, although that's fine, too. <laughs> but R-E-I-N. Give them a little rain. Let them run a little bit. Let them know it's safe. These three cups are cups of emotion. They connect us to our ancestry. I mentioned that I'm having a hard time and having a hard time with family. Well, I've been going through this too, and I had to be in a place where I could say, all right, you have to have these emotions. They're real. And that's a very four of cups thing to do. So I cried. I cried on my husband. I raged. And talked with some friends. I allowed the irrational to have its understandable and even necessary way with me. It needs to own my body sometimes. And it wasn't scary. Nothing bad happened. But I'd been kind of just bottling it up and just going, oh my God, all this stuff, I can't deal. Ugh. So this kind of card comes up and says, well, you got to be patient with yourself. Sometimes you're just in that mode. Sometimes it's just Xanax and Netflix, people. Or like, you know, vaping a bunch of cannabis. Whatever it is you do. Take the edge off. All right. But you can't stay in that mode forever. This Four of Cups tells us you're ready to emerge. You're ready. You're ready to take in the messages of your own emotions. And if you're wondering, how do I drop into the vibe? It, that's where it comes from. Is your inner emotions, the water gods, 
and goddesses. All the soft, squishy stuff that's already within you, that is actually the root. And I meant that R-O-U-T-E, root, like that's the path. But it could be a watery root, R-O-O-T, as well. Um, so the, the path to the, the great, you know, insights that might be useful to other people in your life. It's in you. It's in your dreams. It's in your emotions. It's in the poetry you like to read. Uh, a lot of people in tarot, in witchcraft, in astrology, and in woo-woo stuff in general, and in religion, we like to have rituals. We like to have liturgies. We like to have established routines for ensuring that we can tap into a spiritual state of mind. There's a collective spiritual thing that happens, right? And so a liturgy makes perfect sense for that. Like, okay, it's Sunday morning. We're going to go here and do this and sing this song and say this little verse. And that'll open the channel. And if it doesn't, it's going to still give me the community vibe. So, so that's cool. I'll have that. Um, but sometimes we become too reliant on that stuff. So... You can find plenty of podcasts out there with thousands and thousands of listeners and big Instagram accounts and stuff that will tell you. You have to take this particular substance and submit it to fire at 7.02 p.m. when the moon does this or that. And uh, you need to say these words in this language facing this direction. And here's the gestures you're going to do. That's great very reassuring, right? Somebody's telling you what to do. And I can do that, by the way. I enjoy that kind of stuff. But over the years, I know some of you are uh, quite adept spiritual practitioners, and you've noticed, like, you don't need any of that shit. That's fun. Lighting the incense gets you in the mood. Well, cool. Light some incense. But you don't need it. Um, and in my case... You know, some, some people consider tarot to be a pretty low level of divinatory practice or channeling practice. Um, the goal being to reach sort of higher occult levels of magic and knowledge. And um, I find tarot to be useful. It just keeps unlocking the door for me over and over and over. So I'm like, okay, I'm keeping this part of the ritual, except the times when I don't use it. Um, but the frippery around it, uh, it's fun for clients, you know. Personally, I believe the best way to get to the vibe and the woo is to genuinely be open in the real moment to whatever needs to come through. That is just about the hardest thing I can imagine, and I have spent my life devoting my creative practice to that. More improv, more spirit, more moment, more totally responding to the space instead of worrying about what somebody else is going to think or giving myself a lot of time to plan for whatever the thing is. So the Four of Cups is a way of saying the gods are handing us things. They're there all the time. 
we have to emerge out of our little hill of ivy to see, to recognize, look, there's the hand of God and there's the cup. There's the chalice, the holy grail. We have to look over and say, oh my God, look at all these grails I've already got. Huh, I kind of forgot about those. They look really great. They're full of yummy looking substances. You know, we have to be conscious. We have to practice gratitude. You could call it that, or you could, you know, just say, well, no, I'm just kind of being realistic. I'm taking inventory of what I have and what I've learned. And then I'm looking up at the hand of God and I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a message. Gods, goddesses, vibes, what you got for me? If there is a a blockage, something impeding access to that fourth cup, the hand of God, um, my highest recommendation is that you just go, you know, I'm going to just crawl back into the ivy for another day. I'm going for Xanax and Netflix. I'll see you guys later. Seriously, you can do that. Um, There are plenty of practices for um, helping us force our will onto not only the universe, but onto ourselves. And that's a lot of what magic practice is. And in, you know, more sort of new age and contemporary circles, it will be called intention setting. Um, That's fine. But setting an intention can be just another way of trying to force your own will onto the general vibe and the fates and the woo. You can do that with a very specific magic practice. You can do that by making a five-year plan and setting your goals in your capitalist entrepreneurial world. And, um, you know, or you can put a crystal on it and say it's an intention. All of those things work by, um, they work by assuming that our will as individuals is preferable to whatever the vibe and the woo have in mind. So there's a tricky little dance that you can do. For some people, this isn't a dance. They're in a very goal-oriented lifetime, and there's not a lot of question around that. They might ask, well, how can I tap into the vibe? And my answer is basically like, get, get your will out of the way. You know, acknowledge the hugeness of the hand of God handing you a goblet. If you can't reach up and grab it right now, that's just too bad. Go back under the ivy, come back tomorrow. See if you're ready to grab it. You don't have to force it. And you certainly don't have to impress anybody else. My friend, I hope you are going to listen to this. My friend I was talking about with the texting. And, you know, if it's time to give me a reading and you don't feel like it, or you're not getting any vibe, well, don't do the reading. Or if you just look at it as like it's a practice reading. I'm pulling some cards. I'm chit-chatting with T. T's going to be fine with it if, if my messages don't feel strong. Right? So that's the burning tarot way. The burning tarot way is not to try to reassure each other with a bunch of false confidence, which frankly is what a lot 
of New Age and tarot and various practitioners are selling you. They're selling you certainty, whether it's um, certainty of language in how we talk about these very numinous, out there, weird, wackadoodle things, or um, certainty like, oh, well, I took this tarot course and I've been certified, therefore I have the right to tell someone else what it means that they drew this card. Um, I think any professional tarot reader knows, like, clients eat that, eat that up. If we're just very definitive, like, oh, girlfriend, you've really got to kick him out. <laughs> and sometimes I am that way in my readings. But what I think is magic is the fact that the hand of God is opening a, a vast, vast world it's like the door to a theater, you know. It's like the handing us a ticket to Disneyland. Like, there's so much brilliant and crazy and wild stuff out there in the woo. And if we can even just let a little bit of it leak through us, that's magic right there, right there. And you, you don't need to... Um, ritualize that. You can, because ritual's fun. If you do need a ritual to get in touch with your inner woo right now, um, I'm just going to say go with the body and the senses. Find a dance practice, a movement practice, a breathing practice. Connect yourself to the earth, and then connect yourself to water. We also talked about the temperance card recently. That's the same vibe you get there. One foot is in the water, one foot is on the earth. We're moving water about. We've got our four cups here. Letting the magic flow around. And you know what? If for you, putting on um, Moroccan music and doing some belly dance and lighting some incense, if that helps you get in the right mood, we'll do that before you're reading. That's great. That's great. The mechanics of uh, kind of feeling out into the void of the woo and being able to connect with other spirit beings, um, which I do with my readings, and which I've done in other circumstances, including when people were dying, um, that, that can get a little like out there shamanic, and I don't feel that I can really explain how that works. Um, so I'm not going to try. But I will say, I think you can give a wonderful tarot reading or give yourself a wonderful moment of connection with the etheric, ineffable, numinous woo. I think you can do that uh, without that kind of deliberate shamanic connection. You don't need that. So I invite all of you to observe the ivy growing over your skin and your hair. And when you're ready, crawl out a little bit. Take stock of what you have and what you are and what you have been shown during this just crazy year. What you have been shown about your emotional stability, your resiliency, and your lack thereof. The places you're lacking are valid, and it's okay to look at them now. We're starting to round the corner. We have vaccines on the way, etc., so there's, sometimes it requires a little bit of safety 
for us to admit, oh my gosh, you know, here's, here's where I'm actually falling apart. <laughs> so do that inventory, and then when you're ready, just look, look across out of the ivy, across the pasture, and see if God is holding out a little goblet to you, the gods. And grab it, take a drink, see what it tastes like. And that's, my friend, the long version of how you get to the vibe. Much love to all of you. And um, I may do a special, more astrology-focused post specifically for the upcoming solstice. And uh, so I invite you to listen to that. And that'll probably be in four or five days. And, uh, but if I don't manage to do that, have a good solstice and uh, you might want to batten down the hatches a little bit. Let's all give ourselves a break and chill out. All right. Bye, you guys.